bring up my, the title of my message. Seeing your sins through heaven's eyes. Actually, it wasn't seeing your sins through heaven's eyes. It was seeing yourself through heaven's eyes. <laughs> but it's okay. Seeing yourself through Jesus' eyes. Not knowing what they were speaking. Not knowing what was happening. Just the, the power of God is so strong in here that, hey, I don't know it's, if it's just me that feels that or not. But I'm telling you, I feel him. I'm feeling, I'm telling you, whatever is going on in your life, whatever is happening, we got to change our perspective and through his eyes. Because if we start looking through our eyes, we see it through our hurts, we see it through our pain, we see it through our disappointment. But when we start looking through his eyes, we see it through his love. <laughs> his love. The greatest commandment that he gave us was to love one another as we love ourselves. The problem of it is we forgot how to love ourselves. When we look at ourselves, we look at it through the hurt and the pain. If you would bring up that scripture for me. I'm going to read to you out of Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. It says, And he and you made alive were dead in trespasses and sins, and which one walked according to the course of the world, to the prince of the power of the air, to the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience, and among him also once conducted ourselves in lust of flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace you've been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places as Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, that the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches and his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by the grace you have been saved through faith and not yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for the good works of God prepared before him that we should walk in them. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just love you this morning, God. We just thank you, God, for your presence, God. We thank you for the word that's already come forth. Lord, we just thank you, Father, for all that you're doing and all that you're working out in each and every one of our lives, God. Lord, I pray this morning that, we t that you just touch and have your way, God, in spite of my, my failure, in spite of who I am, in spite of what I look like, God, but to what you look like, I ask you to go forward, Lord, with your anointing and your touch and your power in this service this morning, God. You see everybody's hurt, you see everybody's pain, you see everybody's failure, but you also see every good, everything that you've done, every work that you have purpose, and every plan that you have for each and every person's life in this place. Father, I ask you, Father, that you just put an anointing upon us, Father, that we see you, God. Lord, we love you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. I didn't even open up my Bible when I was reading that because I printed it all out on the paper, but... I do want just, to just share a little story this morning. It says, when Victor Seabrock was 15, his teacher told him he would never finish school and that he should drop out and learn a trade. 
Victor took the advice for the next 17 years and doing a variety of jobs, a variety of jobs. And he was told that he was a dunce. For 17 years, he acted like one. My, my. Has anybody ever been told that you're never going to amount to nothing? And when he was 32, amazing transformation, transformation took place, and an evaluation revealed that he was a genius with an IQ of 161. <laughs> Guess what? That's right. He started acting like a genius. Since the time that he written books and a number of uh, patents became successful businessman, perhaps the most significant event of the former dropout was, dropout was his election as the chairman of the International Mensa Society. The Mensa Society is the only membership qualification is to have an IQ of 140. What made the difference in Victor's life? Did all of a sudden he just get smart at the age of 32? No, what changed was the way he saw himself. The way that you see yourself. The devil comes at us and trying to tear us down and destroy us. He tries to convince us that we don't have any power, that he has no power. It says it in the word that he's coming to blind us from what God has called us to be and for his purpose and what is going to happen. It, if, if, uh, if that is you, we need to make a paradigm, paradigm shift on how we see ourselves. It's time that we start filtering our eyes through Jesus' eyes. We have to start filtering our eyes the way that he's seeing us to do. We got to get rid of this artificial factor of what's happening in our life that you do have the power. You do walk in the victory. You do have the authority over the enemy. He is not below, but he is above God that sits at the right hand of the Father making intercessions for you and I. But we have to see that through ourselves. We have to quit seeing it through our pain. Let me tell you one statement. Hurt people hurt people. And when you're hurt, you eventually want to lash out and hurt others because of your own hurt. You disqualify so many different people because they've disqualified you. Moms and dads, you want to see difference in our children? Be different. Don't speak negativity behind closed doors in front of your children. Speak positive in life into them. You are the biggest influence in their life. And if you're looking like Jesus, they're going to look like Jesus. If you're looking and watching shows they shouldn't be watching, they're going to they're going to watch it too. They're going to follow your example. God has set forth what is happening. The fact is that God sees us. He sees everything we do as you read in through Ephesians 2 and 10. We are new people once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He's calling each and every one of us. And we've got this mindset of what the world makes it look like that this is what it takes to be a Christian. This is what it is to be a Christian. All we have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Believe that he died on the cross and rose again. You're saved. If you publicly confess that, if you open, make that confession out of your mouth to him, it's you. When I say publicly, I just mean openly. You openly confess that he is your father. He is my father. I grew up not having a father. I grew up the reject. I grew up the one that nobody wanted. When I was 12 years old, my daddy came into my life. He wasn't a daddy. He was the guy that was part of the making when I was born. Because all he wanted to do was be a friend. And he was forced to do that. Then he walks out again 
rejected for the second time feeling, but God, but God. I went through all this hurt and this pain and this suffering myself, but God shows up at the age of 24 years old in my life and changes me. He changes me. This heart, heart that was hurt, this brokenness that I felt, all the struggles that I was going through in my life and feeling rejection, I passed that on to everybody that I was in contact with, everybody I was in school with, everybody that I come in contact with. That's what they seen. But when God came in, he made a complete change. He saved me, not from a little bit, not just a touch, but he saved me. He changed the whole vision of the way I looked at what, who the world was and what the, who I was. It has to change with us. It has to become with us. We are new people. We are in a new position when you accept Jesus Christ in Ephesians 2 and 6 and 7. We have to understand that. We have a new potential in Ephesians 2 and 10. Our potential is to make it to heaven, to set at the Father, set right there with him. And the greater works that he did, you shall do. You have the power. He's given us the power. The Holy Ghost is with us, and he empowers us to do the things that if we just accept it. But how? How do we begin to see ourselves through heaven's eyes? In Colossians 3, 1 through 4, if then you were Christ, seek those things that are, are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things, not on the things of the earth, but God. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, is, is, when Christ who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Scripture tells us there's nothing that a man can't say or do or act out, but the, what the Word tells you. The Word gives us the the guide to get through everything that we do. We have to renew our perspective. God has given us everything that we need. He's given us. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, I want to uh, point this out real fast. I've read this a thousand times. It says, Whose mind minds the God, lowercase g, of the ages has blinded, who do not believe least the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is in the image of God, uppercase G, should show on them. Understanding what that says, that he's come and, and tried to play tricks on you. He's come to try to blind you. He's come to try to tell you that this situation is hopeless, that you're never going to get back together, that you're never going to have a restored marriage, that your relationships are severed, that you're not loved, that you're not purpose. He's come to try to play these games on our minds. And if we'll just accept what Jesus has said, that he's come for us, he's come to guide us, he's paid the price. As, as Pastor Dane said this morning, we win. He's there for us. You are victorious. You are called. You are purpose. I don't understand sometimes why we, we disqualify ourselves. Why do we disqualify ourselves? You are a king's kid, a heavenly helper, a mountain mover. It's time that we receive and walk in what he's called us to do. The law of, set your hearts, affections, desires, goals, and ambitions. Set your minds, thinking attitudes, understanding, and perception. We have to set our purposes and our plans and our eyes on the prize. We, we, we walk around this earth and we think about everything that we have. 
There is nothing I have that's worth God. Nothing. My relationship with him is everything. Without that, I'm nothing. The law of gravity holds us all on the earth. Rising above the negativity of life requires a spiritual transformation and a spiritual perspective. What dominates your life will dictate the way you think. The things above the earthly things. We have to be above the earthly things. He sets above the earth. He's not below the earth. He's not. We, we walk around as Christians with our head held down like we're walking in defeat sometimes when we need to be walking and praising and acting like we got everything going right for us. Because of him, not because of us, not because of me, but because of him, we walk in victorious. He's got this. When we understand that he's got this, then we understand who we are. You are the king's kid. You are a heavenly helper. You are a child of God. You are inherited. Your inheritance is greater than this in this world. It's time that we receive it. It's time that we walk in it. There's so many great testimonies already been given up here this morning that if you're going through something, that God can do it for you. He says that he's put blinders on our eyes of the ones that are unsaved. So they look at us through a blinded eye. They look at us through the negativity of the world. Well, they're just a Christian. They're a hypocrite. They fail. Unfortunately, I have been a hypocrite in my life at the walk of Christ because I didn't have anybody tell me how to do it. And I wasn't reading the Bible myself, so how could I equip myself to do it right? But once I open up the book, and once I start getting a set of directions out, I didn't just go to the front and go to the back. I understood that I had to read everything in the middle, the meat. That's how I do it. <coughs> we live life, my kids will tell you, I live life by three things, fair, firm, and consistent. With the understanding that God is fair to everybody. Everybody has a choice to make, to accept him and to walk with him. He's firm. He gives us the Ten Commandments on what we should live, and he doesn't flex off of them. He gives us the commandments of his word on what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to act. And he's consistently got my back. He's consistently walking with me. He's consistently providing. He's consistently knocking down the walls that's in front of me. If we can get that concept in our mindset, it changes the perspective of who we are and how we think. That we can overcome the obstacles coming in our life. Oh, you're going to have some struggles and you're going to have some defeats. But if we start understanding that the, when they're coming against you like that, look at what their situation is and understanding what they're coming from. Put yourself in their shoes for a moment before you react. That's hard to do. That's because of men, we want to knock them backwards. We want to protect. We want to stop. We have to conquer pride. We have to conquer everything that's going on around us to understand how to deal with them. The enemy is, hasn't changed his plan. He's continually attacked. He's continued to tear you down, and he's continually to twist and drive home a wedge in between you and God. His job is to separate us. Understand that. He's trying to separate you from the power that can save you, that you have the power that has equipped you and then called you to do the ministry of God. But until we submit, until we submit to ourselves to God, we're not submit, we look at it like we're submitting to man, but we're not submitting to man, we're submitting to God. His word. We have to understand the perspective of what he's called us in to do. God is wanting to change us and he's wanting to mold us into his liking, into his look-alike. We have to release our past. Your past is over. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, there is nothing held against you. Now, if you've done crime, you're going to pay the price for the crime that you've done, but it doesn't mean that you're not forgiven. It doesn't mean that you're not forgiven. 
He wants to restore each and every one of us to the fullest of our potential that he has for us. The fullest of his potential that's inside of us. God has dealt with your past. He's paid the price. And the enemy has no hold on you. He's not holding the lean papers on you. It's been paid and free. So you need to let it go because God's already dealt with it. It's already snatched out of the hands. Let it go. Acts 7 36 says that they rejected him in their hearts and they turned back to Egypt. We come to church, we get saved, we get down, and we, we repent, we get up, we feel great, and the next thing you know, we're still dragging some of that with us when we walk out of here. And we're dragging that ball and chain and kicking it, and we're kicking it. And so, so we're still re- dealing with this through our eyes of this rejection that we feel. Oh, we have good things to say about God, and we understand the power that we felt in God, but we're still looking through it to the negativity that he's already set us free. We don't get that sometimes because they're still talking about me. I bet they're looking at me funny. Why are, they, why are they looking at me? Why are they talking about me? That's how the enemy works in our minds. If we'll be honest with each other, that's exactly how he works. He plays in the playground. And he only has right to come to the playground is when we offer him. I had a pastor friend of mine said two weeks or last week in Sunday morning service, he goes, where in the Bible does it say that we're supposed to pick up the devil and give him a ride? We're not. We're not. God does not make mistakes or have second second thoughts. You are who he says you are even from the moment you didn't realize it. After all, you're not the first person to struggle to see yourself through the heaven's eyes. Moses did it. Gideon did it. Jeremiah did it. Mary did it. Mary Magdalene. Peter. If all these saints struggled with it. What makes us above it? So understanding this, but you do not have to be trapped by the deception and, and lies. Transformation is possible. Simply possibly by just asking God to come into our hearts and into our lives and rejecting those things. When you God has called us to break the chains and the bonds of what's going on around us. Call those things as, they, as you see them through the eyes of God, not through your eyes. If we see it through our eyes, we're no different than the world. <laughs> we're exactly what the world does. He sees you broken, but he sees you healed. He sees you defeated and, and not ever getting back up. And he says, you got one more round in you. It's time to rise up. Stand up to the occasion. Stand up to the plate to what God has called you to do. Don't confirm, conform or lo- and any loner to a pattern of the world, but be transformed by renewing of your mind. In Romans 12 and 2, it calls it out. Your attitude should be the same as in Christ Jesus. How many of you know that you meet some people that their attitudes ain't of Christ, but yet they're claiming to be Christians? It's time that we understand ourselves and check ourselves. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Let the whole outlook of your life and your spiritual confidence and your ministry and your future that can be transformed when we learn to see things through heaven's eyes. 
we have to see it through heaven's eyes. We have to understand that the power that we have is free. All we have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Would you come back to the piano this morning? Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places and in Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy and without blame. Sometimes we have to say no to things that other people say yes to because of our past and the way that it may influence us in our thought pattern. A lot of times nobody even knows our past but us. And we, we're looking through the, our future through our past eyes instead of saying, no, God, they're yours, and I don't have to deal with that no more. You done took it away. You done paid the price. So this morning, I want to encourage you. If there is not anyone in here that does not know the Lord, the Jesus Christ, their Lord and personal Savior, I invite you to come this morning. I invite you to come. God has moved in a mighty, powerful way in this morning's service. And He's already done some great things. But there's still more. I don't know about you, but I can't get enough of God. I can't get enough of what He's done. I, I see the way that God wants to see us. And that is equipped and powerful and mighty and going forward. We have to quit looking through everybody else's hurt eyes and start looking through Jesus' eyes. God's called us this morning to look through his eyes and his visions. When you want to get a powerful encounter with God, you'll start looking through it through his eyes. So this morning, I invite you to come if, and just be in this service. If you want to see people through heaven's eyes instead of the world's eyes, I invite you to come this morning and just find a place up here to pray. Stand before the Lord and just ask Him. You ask Him. We don't need, you don't need anybody laying hands on you. You don't need that this morning because all you have to do is ask Him to come into your hearts and your lives and He will do it. It's a free gift this morning. I don't know about you, but I can't get enough of Him. How many of us want more of God in here this morning? I don't know about you, but I can't get enough of him. So I invite you to come right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I just ask you to move in this place, Father. Awaken us and shaken us in your likings, God. Father, just lead us and guide us. Jesus, have your way. Have your way, Father. I need more of you. More of you, Father. God, let us move in your likeness, God. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Father.